And yesterday, Shia, we discussed the halacha, the takanas chachamim, that ma'ois is not kaina. What does that mean? It means to say if a fellow gives cash, a buyer gives cash, to purchase movable items, a couch, soda, any kind of movable items, technically, according to the Torah, Amr Abiyachan, the Torah, money should be a valid Kenyan. Nonetheless, Chachamim uprooted the Kenyan, and they said that <coughs> the money is not going to effectuate a, tr- a transfer of ownership because that the seller may tell the buyer that your wheat was destroyed in the attic. Meaning to say, a fire broke out the oinus. There was nothing that the seller could have done about it. And the once it started, now at this point, he could have saved the item. But since it's not his, he's, he has no incentive to save this, this, this wheat anymore. He'd rather save his own wheat. So since we're going to have a situation that any item prior to delivery is going to be at risk of destruction or at loss because the seller's not going to care for it. If it's not his, it's not his, he's not going to pay attention to it. It can get moldy, whatever it is. So the Gemara says, therefore, until the item is actually acquired physically by the buyer, for all practical purposes, it belongs to the seller, and the seller would have to take the loss should anything happen. So therefore... Until there's an actual Maisa Kenyan, it belongs to the seller. That's, a, that's the Pashat Pshat in the explanation of the Takonas Chachon. Now, in order to prevent the situation of either side backing out, in other words, since we're saying that giving money is not enough to finalize the Kenyan, so, and we still have to have a physical uh, delivery of the item or Mashiach or whatever, so we leave an opening, it's, we're going to have a loophole here that people will back out of Kenyanim even after paying money. And that's not allowed. That's not allowed even if there's a change in the market. Even if there's a fluctuation in the market, that's not allowed, because once you give money, you're locked into the third level of Kenyan, which means to say more than just a verbal commitment, it's actual uh, a beginning of a transaction. And at that point, even should there be a, a, a fluctuation in the market, it doesn't matter. Neither side has the right to back out anymore. And the, the guarantee that they don't is Chazal instituted a takana of a klal of Mishapara. They gave a curse to whoever doesn't keep their word. Misha para midara mabel, Hashem who was pereya, who paid back, who punished the dara mabel, he should punish people who are not honest and don't keep their word, which we explain means to say that their business itself is going to be impacted by their dishonest behavior. So integrity is a crucial factor over here, and therefore they, they maintain the integrity of the, the, the deal even before the item was physically acquired by the buyer, by instituting a Misha Para. So, again, to recap, giving money it, it creates a situation that now they're stuck, they can't back out. However, it does not create ownership for the buyer. So let's see the source of this halach in, in Shulchan Aruch. So the Mechaber and Chesh Mishpat, Simen Kuk Tzadiches, Sif Hei says like this, Why did Chachamim make a takana that money should not be kainah? We're afraid, it's exactly that maybe the buyer is going to give money to the seller. But before the buyer takes the item, the, the, an inus will happen. Could go into Tipo Deleko, a fire will start, and it will burn the wheat, or thieves will come and steal the chafetz, or whatever it is. 
If the item will already belong to the lekeach upon receipt of the money, of the seller, seller receiving the money, the, the, the seller is not going to have an incentive to move, move quickly enough to save the item, and therefore the buyer is going to lose his, his item. Therefore the chachamim made that the item still remains for all practical purposes in the rishos of the meicher. In order that he should make the effort to save the item from being destroyed. So this is the halacha of Mishapara, of, of Ein Mois Kainos. And uh, the actual details of how the Mishapara works is discussed in a su- subsequent simon in Simon Reish Dalit. We'll get to that uh, shortly. But before we continue, we'd like to point out what it says here in the Sma. The Sma points out on the side in Sifkotten Vav that if the, a person can wonder like this, if the rationale of Chazal, why they instituted that cash should not work, was because we're afraid that if we're going to be using cash, the, the seller is not incentivized to protect the item. So why don't we make the same rule with other Kenyanim? For example... Let's say you make a Kenyan Suder. A Kenyan Suder means you lift, lift up a handkerchief and you say that, or whatever, you agree that based on this, the item now belongs to the buyer. So you, you do the Kenyan, we see this Kenyan done by Mechir Chameh, by Aksuba, and, and we lift up, we make a mice, a Kenyan, and through this we transfer ownership of this couch from Ruvain to Shimon. So Ruvain transferred to Shimon. So now it's still in, it's still in the warehouse of Ruvain. Why are we not afraid that Ruvain is not going to be incentivized to protect the couch once it belongs to Shimon. What does this have to do with the fact that there was money that was given? L'chaira, any Kenyan should be the same thing. Chazal should disqualify a Kenyan kasef, a Kenyan soder, by the same logic, that since the item is still in, in, by the seller in his warehouse, he has no incentive to do anything about it, so any Kenyan should not work until his physical acquisition of the item. That's L'chaira, the the reason, the rationale behind the Kenyan Kasev, and that same rationale should also apply to Kenyan Suder. V.M. Taimer says this, May time again be Kenyan Suder, look nice. By the same token, a Kenyan Suder should not either work. And we know that Chazal did not disqualify a Kenyan Suder. Why is that? V.H. Loimer says this, a very important thing. The Chazman Shalakibal HaMoycher de Meshiva HaPeiros, Matil Hu HaPeiros. Very simple logic. Chazal understood that it's entirely different when a meicher receives the money to when he doesn't receive the money. Even if the item belongs to the buyer, but it, and it gets destroyed, and even if the buyer is the one that has to take the loss, but still, the buyer is not going to give the money to the seller. At least, the seller is not going to believe he's going to get the money. What, what incentivizes the buyer to pay the seller after the item was destroyed, especially if the buyer thinks the seller didn't pay, take good care of the item? So the seller is incentivized to, before he receives money, to protect the item uh, uh, on his own, for his own interests. Therefore, a Kenyan Suder, there's no reason for Chazal to disqualify Kenyan Suder, because since the seller did not receive any money, he's still motivated to protect the item from any destruction. It's only once a person receives money, that's when he loses his motivation to continue worrying about the item until it really reaches the buyer. So let's see this again in the Sma. The Chosman to the Kibo Mecher to Meshiva Paris Matalua Paris Kilo Nikola Lelok Achaka Malakea, the Dina Vidaina. 
He has no interest in sitting there and fighting with the Lekach to get his money, and therefore he's not going to rely on that. If he did not get the money, in his, in his mind, he still has to worry about the item. So now let's, let's think about this a little bit. Let's say we couple the Kenyan of Sudr with a Kenyan of giving cash. We can argue that since in both Kenyanim the item still remained with the seller, why don't we have the rationale of Chazal in place still? In other words, why should the seller be most in efforts to save the item of the buyer now that he has the cash? What does it help the fact that there's a Kenyan Sudr? And we know that once there's another Kenyan, Chazal said that it works. It's only when it's just giving cash that it doesn't work. So, but the question is, how are we avoiding the need for, a for, for, the, for the problem of the seller if, if, we, if we have a situation where he received, the seller received cash? Because according to the rationale of the Sma, once the seller receives cash, that's when he stops paying attention to it. So what do we gain by saying that since he didn't receive... What do we, what do we gain by adding the Kenyan Sudr and saying that since he made a real Kenyan, it's going to transfer ownership... The Chazal should really institute a different takana. They should say anything that's still by the seller shouldn't work. So, Bishlam Kenyan Sodor, we said from the Smah, he didn't get his money. But what if he also got the money? In that case, it seems to work, right? We know that that's going to work. So how come the reason is still there? So the Nesiva speaks about this, and the Nesiva says that it doesn't matter. It's a loipuk. Why? Because Kiva, the Minas Stam, it's brought down in the Pisgah Tshuva, on, in the, on the third line from the top, since normally a Kenyan Sudr is not done with money, normally it's just done with a Kenyan Sudr, so the money is inconsequential, and therefore we're not going to start thinking because sometimes it's going to be coupled with money, therefore it shouldn't work. No, once Kenyan Sudr works, we let it work. By the same token, says in the Sivas, quoted here in the Pisli Chuba, that if you had the other way around, let's say you only received a little bit of the money. He only got a deposit. So you could argue that in the case of a deposit, the seller is incentivized to protect the item. And we know that that Chacham says, no, money doesn't work. So here you have a reverse situation where there's some money, but there's still an incentive of the, of the seller. Says in the Sivas, it doesn't matter either. Because, like, once they were Oikar Kenyan Mice, they were completely Oikar the Kenyan, and it doesn't work. So we have the two opposite ends of the spectrum. If it's a Kenyan Mice, it doesn't matter. Whatever amount of money it is, even if the seller is incentivized to protect it, it still doesn't matter. It's not Chal. On the other hand, if, there, if there's an actual Kenyan, even if the item is still by the seller, and even if there's Kenyan Mice where there is no incentive, since it's not the category, it's not under the umbrella, uh, under the name Kenyan Mice, it's known as Kenyan Suter, that would work. In the continuation here, the Pisli Chuvi actually discusses that, where you combine the Kenyan Mois together with the Kenyan Sudr, and he bases his discussion on a Smao later on in Simon Reish Aleph, where the Smao over there presents a Svara that if partial money is given by a case of a, where you, in, the, in the form of a Kenyan known as a Setumta, it would work. On that, the, there's a discussion if that was subject to the Takana or not. So the Pesachuvah discussed if we do if we do say over there like the Smah. Now, not only that, Achsam Seifer even wants to build on that Smah, and he says that according to the Smah, Smah Shmah, that once you give all the money, you're, you're worse off than if you only gave a little bit of the money. Because if you give a little bit of the money, it should work like a Satumta. If you gave the whole money, you're back to the Takana Tzachamim. 
And and let's and, and based on that too, if you're able to say that the rationale of Chazal is flexible, so therefore even if you coupled it with a Kenyan Sudar, it shouldn't either work. And on that he and he argues on that. So the Pizikhu talks about it. So the, the bottom line what's Nagel Allah is that the the Nasiva seems to be the followed opinion that if you're doing something that's called a general Kenyan, it works whether or not the seller is incentivized or not. And if you're using something that comes under the category of Kenyan mice, it also does not work even in cases where the seller is incentivized to protect the item. So it's basically a light plug on either end. If it's not Kenyan Kesef, it always works. If it is Kenyan Kesef, it's not going to work. Now let's continue to the discussion of Misha Para. Misha Para is discussed by the Mechaber in Simon Reish Dalit. And the Misha Para, as you, as you recall, was the was the curse that Chazal instituted to ensure that neither side backs out since Chazal didn't allow the Kenyan to be chal completely, so we would, we would think they can back out. Mishapar is a deterrent, a curse, which is aimed at deterring either side from retracting. So the halacha is over here that if a person um, is trying to back out, Let's see the Mechaber and Simon Reish Dalit. If Aleph Misha Nasan Damim, someone who paid money, the Loi Mashach Hametalton did not make Mashicha. Half of Pisha Loi Nikna Loi Hametalton, even though the Metalton is not Nikna to him, Kamashin is Bar Kalachayzer by Ben Lekech Ben Merchel Leosam Eis Yisrael. So this is this Mechaber is literally coming right off the previous Mechaber and Simon Kotzadiches, even though it's multiple Simonim later on. That if they went ahead and tried to retract from this. Uh, sale the, of cash, which we said is not fully effective. Still, they're going to be penalized with this this klala, even though loy nikolam atalton kamoshin is barak. Kala chayzer bein lekech bein meichel loy osam meisi yisrael. He has not acted in a Jewish manner. It's a very important lashon over here, which basically encapsulates the whole hashkafa behind Jewish business, and that is that a yid has to remember that aside from common custom, there's also something called Maisi Yisrael, Jewish behavior. We're held to a higher standard. And he has to accept on himself Mishapara. Now apparently sometimes people would accept on themselves Mishapara. I'm not sure what, why they would do it, but if they accepted it on themselves the Mishapara, apparently they would be allowed to back out because, they, again, it's not an enforceable thing. It's a claw in general, but it's not a monetary claim. And even if he only gave part of the money, he still would have to accept Misha Para. So that's Allahu and the Mechaber and Simon Reish Al. Now, as we mentioned before, we can skip for a minute to Siv Dalit over here. Ketzad Mechabal and Misha Para. Oyrin Oysay Bezdin. Bezdin curses him. The Oyrin. Misha Para me'anche dara mabu, me'anche dara flogo, me'anche isdoim va'amoyro, me'mitzrayim shetov b'yam. Who Yiframi Misha Ainoi Oymid Bidiburai? Hashem, who paid back the Mitzrayim, and who paid Darmabo, and Darflaga, and Anjay's Doim, and the Mitzrayim, he should pay back from those, speaking in third person, Sha'ainoi Oymid Bidiburai. Person who does not keep his word. The Yesh Oymid says the Ramah that we personalize the Klala, and we say, Sha'ainoi Oymid Who Yiframi Mcha, he should pay you back. Im Aincha Oymid Bidiburai, you don't keep your word. Very frightening lashon. It's hard to understand how people would accept on themselves a, a curse, a personalized curse by a bezdin, when 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 they're in the wrong, 
It's, a, it's an incredible concept to the extent that people will be blinded by the dollar. So, so people say that it's done even in public. So here we have a very strong um, delineation of what the klala is. And this klala works to prevent people from just slicing each other and backing out on these kinds of agreements. Now let's go back for a second to the previous page. The Shach and Sivkotan Bays on the side discusses a, a, a related Shiloh here. The Shach is discussing a person who was overcharged on merchandise. Now we know there's a concept called Ainoa. Ainoa means if someone was overcharged by a sixth of the value of the item, he has the right to claim Ainoa. In other words, he can claim, I would like to keep my item, but I would like the overcharge to be refunded to me. Now this sixth of value is another, it, it's a cutoff point in a, cer- in, 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 a, in a certain way, and on the other hand, it's also not a cutoff point. What do I mean like this? More than a sixth is already considered such an, a, a high level of overcharging that the sale is invalid. It's a mekach tais. He, he was totally ripped off. Undercharging a sixth, then less than a sixth, would not, would not necessarily be actionable because we sort of assume the person agrees to, to a little slight uh, market fluctuation of price. Of course, he, it's a midas chasidus to give it back. The mechaber, the, the sma explains in the name of the rush, and he'll say no. But a six is the number where the sale is not invalidated, but the seller has to return the difference. Now, sometimes the logic would be that the buyer will say, listen, I'm not interested in getting the difference back. I'm upset at the seller. I want to take back the whole deal. Just give me back my money. So let's say we had a situation where there was no other Kenyan. It was just done with cash. Do we say that the seller is within his right to back out since the... I'm sorry, the buyer is within his right to back out since the seller ripped him off a sixth? In other words, do we say that since Mishapar was instituted to prevent people from being dishonest, but in this case the person backing out had not done anything wrong, he has a right to back out, so therefore, there's no Mishapara. Or do we say, no, it's a light plug. It's across the board. Across the board, you're not allowed to back out. So the Shach has a disagreement with the Bach about this. And the Bach is of the opinion that a person is able to retract in such a case. The buyer is able to retract. And even if the seller, says the Shach, even if the seller wants to return the money, the, the extra money, and the Shach disagrees, the Shach's opinion is that he does have the laws of Ainah, because once the seller is willing to give back the extra money that he overcharged, we go back to the regular sale itself, and there was nothing wrong with the sale itself. Says the Shach, Someone who overcharged his friend a sixth. And the buyer gave money. And he still hasn't made a Kenyan. And the person who was ripped off means the buyer wants to be Chayzer. Or sometimes the seller is ripped off if he doesn't realize he's, he's selling it for too cheap. He does not have to bear the consequence of Mishapara. After Halal Reisel Hachzai, not even if they want to reimburse that extra sixth. So that but the person who who's obviously um, the, the 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 party that's injuring the other party has no right to avail himself of this loophole. And then the Shach comes out that even the person himself does not have a right to avail himself of the loophole and. 
um, the sale goes back to regular sale, and there will be a problem of Mishapar in this case. Another important halacha discussed here on the page is the Pisre Tshuva in Sivkotem Beis discusses what about real estate. Real estate, we said, is not subject to Mishapar because the logic of Mishapar is to prevent backing out in situations that the sale was not complete. And since money usually completes the sale by karka, let's, what would be a case where, let's say, we find a situation of karka where money did not complete the sale? Let's say there was a, the custom over there at the first right of star or whatever. So do we say that, this, that the concept of Mishapar can apply by land too? Or do we say that Mishapar was tailor-made to address the issue by metalpolin and cash? So the Pesach Chuba brings, If he had a real estate um, sale, that's a place where they don't write a star. That's not enough to buy with Kesav, as we spoke about in, in different Shurim. So the Pesach brings the Machalik Rishonim, if you'll have a Mishapar in these cases of real estate, or was it relegated only to Metaltolin. There's no reason to say that Mishapara was specifically to people who are dishonest in Metaltolin. If they're dishonest in, in real estate as well, they should also be subject to Mishapara. He said it's a Chiddush. Uh, no Paisik says Makab Mishapara. The Pisgah Chuba asks, what do you mean the Bishyaisiv does? As we just said before. Etc. Just keep on looking at the Pisgah Chuba. He discusses this at length. We're not, we're not going to be able to go into the whole thing right now. But we get to the point of the discussion. And the common um, halacha is that there should be a Makab to, to say Mishapar, because the rationale would seem to apply even in that case.